feels quite a long time ago now, even though I try to pretend I'm a, still a teenager. Um, it's still a few years ago now. But I remember at school, they used to do something that was rather cruel, particularly for those who weren't sporty. But on PE or games, they would line up, and if they was going to have a game of rounders or whatever, they would choose two captains, you know what's coming next. And then they would each, in turn, choose a particular player. And of course, those with lesser sporting abilities would be the one who would feel utterly excluded at the end of it because they would be still stood there at the end while everybody else has been chosen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here today? I'm sorry if you need deliverance at this moment and healing because you were the one who was still stood there at the end of the choosing. It could almost have felt like you was excluded from the team because you was almost, well... We'll have Johnny. You're not that good, but come on, Johnny. And you felt like you was just on the outside looking in. Let's now translate that to a work context because I'm sure some of us have been in in environments where it seems like everybody else is getting invited to the pub on a Friday lunchtime for an hour, but you're still sat in the office and nobody has invited you, and you have felt excluded. It's interesting that some people feel like that with regards to God and with regards to church. But actually, the opposite is true. Because I want to tell you, there are many stories in the Gospels that Jesus himself tells, and they express the heart of God towards Mankind. And instead of it being exclusive, it's rather all inclusive. Not that you get as much beer and as much food, you've been on those hotel packages, but all inclusive. And I want to read a story that just demonstrates that this morning, and we're just going to use that as the basis for the message about everyone. So I wonder if we could just go to the screen. And it's found in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 1 through to 10. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus also told them other parables or other stories. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who was preparing a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready... He sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed, and everything is ready. Corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, God. And bad alike. And the banquet hall was filled with guests. Jesus used stories to illustrate a point. And that's what I really love. One of the things I really love about reading Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the Gospels. Because Jesus was very real. Very rugged. He was very earthy. In his approach to communication. And he used stories. And later on 
during this, towards the end, we're going to hear three very real, <clears throat> very earthy, very potentially rugged stories of three girls whose lives, ladies, whose lives have been changed. And I just love the power of stories. The age group around certainly the 18s to 30s something particularly love stories. But actually, I think all of us love a good story. Wouldn't you agree? That's what Hollywood has built their business on. That's what Walt Disney has built his business on. Yes? Stories. And Jesus was the master, not only of thinking of a story, but of then communicating a story. Jesus used language that everyone could understand. So to this story, Jesus used this story of a king who had a son who was getting married. Anybody ever been at that point where your kids are getting married? Give me a wave if you have. I understand it's a very exciting time, yes? It's also a very stressful time for many people. And it's also a very expensive time as well for those who are picking up the tab of the wedding. Some wise man once said to me, you've got three girls, make sure you get three financial plans because you're going to have an expensive time later on as you go. And this man, this king, had a son. And he was throwing a banquet. I don't want to go through line by line, but effectively he threw out an invitation to those who were the God, those who were well-known, the business owners, the influential people, because he was a king and that's who he would have associated with. But unfortunately, many of those people completely dismissed him and just carried on with their business. They went to their farms, they went to their businesses and just carried on and completely disregarded the invitation, the free invitation that was cast out from the king to come and enjoy this feast with his son. Worse still, some of the people who the messengers went out and said, the feast is now ready, please come. They completely disregarded and mistreated. And in some cases, the story tells us that they even went one step further, that they murdered the, mess- murdered the messengers. They killed, shot the messenger. The king was incensed and went to dealt with those people. But he thought, here I have, I've got all this food. We've got all the balloons. They're all ready. We've got the streamers. We've got the party hats. We've got the vino. It's all ready. We've got the fattened calf. It's been killed. The waft of beef. Because it wasn't pork. <laughs> got it? The waft of beef was just... Flowing over, it was wonderful, but we have no guests. So he said to his messengers, please go out now to everyone. We read it, didn't we? Everyone. Go to the streets to everyone now and widen the invitation. Go to the good and the bad alike. And this is what the servants did. They brought in everyone They could find. This word, everyone. You're all seeing if I'm going to spell it correctly now, aren't you? I can tell. Sorry if you're over in the corner there. But everyone. What does everyone mean? Well, 
let's just put some things here. Everyone for me. And I haven't just done this because of looking at Oxford Dictionary, but it means all. Um, and, and they need to tagline on there without exception. Here's another thought. It means every person. Can I ask a question this morning? Everyone, all, without exception, every person, does that include you in this? This word? Just help me this morning. It means everyone. Jesus was trying to express a story of the heart of God. And the heart of God was that he wanted to throw out an invitation to everyone. To all. Without exception. To every person. And that story translates 2,000 some years later into the context of where we are. Because it's interesting that there's a common perception that's wrong around God and around church is that church and God is only for good people. It's only for those who are right. They've lived right. God is only for those who are religious. So, we say our prayers. Amen. And we read a little bit of the Bible. And... We just try to live right so we are kind. And if there's some volunteering that needs to happen, we'll volunteer. If there's a charity bucket that's being passed the line, we'll reach into our pockets and put some money in. Because we're good. And because we're right. And we're good. And surely God is into those kinds of people. The problem is that perception is completely wrong. Because here we receive a story, we see a story, we read a story of where Jesus is expressing what the kingdom of God is actually like. And he's saying that actually the party is open to everyone. You see the point was, those who should have known better and should have been at the party declined. There'll be some religious people who are full of religion, but at the end of days probably won't be at the party. Because when it mattered most, they declined the invitation of the father, of the king. But there was a group of people like you, and like me, who were pretty much ordinary and average. And we'd never been invited to Buckingham Palace. We've never been invited to sit with President Obama. We've never been with the God and the great. Many of us, most of us. But there's an invitation that comes to us from someone who is far greater than the Queen and far greater than President Obama and far greater than the Pope and far greater than Archbishop Welby, even though they may be good people. His name is Jesus. And the invitation comes from Jesus himself. That he says, you might have been excluded in a variety of contexts, but today I place an invitation 
And if you would like to come and feast at this party, then everyone is welcome. You see, this story expresses the heart of God. God cares for everyone. But many of us think that God is only into good people because of our sin, our wrongdoing, the things that we've all done wrong. And some here have done more wrong than others. Some people here have done worse things than others. I love what J. John says. Jesus didn't come to rob our sin um, in. He came to rob our sin out. Many of us have a perception of God. That God is wanting to shoot us. He's wanting to kill us. He hates us. He dislikes us. He's angry with us. He's upset with us. And I want to tell you this morning, nothing could be further from the truth. Because the heart of God is expressed in this story. That God's heart is for an invitation to everyone to come and enjoy the party. I want to just put something on the screen for you. You see, the message of forgiveness is for everyone. The message of forgiveness is for everyone. If you don't remember anything else from this morning, I want every person, whether you're a churchgoer or a non-churchgoer, I want you to just try and mark this if you can. The message of forgiveness is for everyone, without exception. It's not exclusive, but it's all inclusive. You may say, Christian, come on, you, 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 that's really, really broad. What about people who've done really, really, really bad things? We see them on the news. What are you actually saying? Yeah, I'm saying the message of forgiveness is for everyone. I've heard too many stories now of Christian people. Certainly across in America, I was reading something recently of a, of a situation that happened. And it happened to a Christian minister and his wife. And their son was shot in a, uh, a, a hold-up. And the, the perpetrator was found, was sentenced. Whatever he was sentenced to, possibly life, imprisonment. You may say, well, does God's forgiveness extend towards this murderer? Well, I want to tell you the heart of God was expressed through this couple. Because this couple, after their grieving and after their processing, asked if they could go and visit the perpetrator of the crime towards their beloved son, who they loved deeply. And as they met with the perpetrator, they thought, the perpetrator thought he was going to have a barrage of hate and of dislike and was going to be uncomfortable. But it was quite the opposite. They expressed forgiveness to this man. They said they were actually praying for this man. They're expressing love towards this man. See, God's forgiveness is for everyone. I want to just read what Paul says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. I wonder if we could just get a look at the screen again for a moment because I'm going to read it from the message together. But this is what Paul expresses when he's talking about everyone. He says this, even though I'm free of the demands and expectations of everyone, 
I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. He was expressing his purpose, Phil. He was expressing his mission, which was to go and read, reach everyone. And then he goes on to list them. Religious. Just see where you are in this list. Religious. Non-religious. Meticulous. Moralist. That means you've done everything right. You've done everything by the book. You're all in order. Or the loose living. Immoralist. That means you've been pretty hedonistic in your living. If you've seen it, you've done it. If it felt good, you did it. This is how you live your life. Let's move on. The defeated. The demoralized. And then if you are not listed in those religious, non-religious, meticulous, moralist, loose living immoralist, defeated, demoralized, if you're not in that list, then I want to just encourage you, because Paul then says, whoever. So whoever you are, Paul is expressing the heart of God to you. He says, I didn't take on their way of life. We don't have to become like them. I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I've just about become every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet into a God-saved life. If I could just say to those who are new to Arena, this is why we do what we do. Because we are committed to however and wherever. And we had a great message, those who were here on Cannonball, of a great pastor in Chicago who did some unconventional things with regards to, and you've got to read it for yourself, don't just listen to the podcast, but he gathered with his wife five prostitutes to just begin to express God's love to a very broken, needy, and hurting situation. This is our heart here at Arena Church, to do whatever we can to reach whoever we can with the love of God. This message is for everyone. Have you got that this morning? This message of forgiveness is for everyone without exception. So this message is for everyone, but listen here to me, but this message needs to be received to every part of our lives. This message is for everyone, but this message needs to be received to every part of our lives. What am I saying with that? Well, let me explain. There's some people who I've come into contact with, and I've lived like this through the process of being a Christian from a young guy, because there's certain things in the Bible that are easy to live with, and there are some things that are a little less easy to live with, but I can live with them, but there's certain things that I really don't like what I read in the Bible. So for instance, somebody hurts me, the Bible encourages me actually to turn the other cheek. That's not necessarily as passive as it sounds, but then he goes on further, it says to express love to those who have done me wrong. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't find that easy. I went to watch the Green Army. Elliot Stockdale. Green Army. Green Army. And it was quite fascinating to watch my nephew, Josh, 
on the football field. He had a go at me last time he preached, so I'm just going to get my own back now. And just seeing how he lived his life because there was some niggling that was going on on the pitch with one particular player who was niggling him, who was going at him. And I thought, this is going to be fascinating. I wonder how he'll respond. He's bound, he's the youth pastor of this church. He's bound to respond like Jesus. He's bound to be like Jesus. But instead, he's there giving it large to this guy who's way up here. Come on then, son, whispering in his ear. Come on, son, if you think you're big enough, come on, have a go if you think you're old enough. Okay, it was all happening. I thought, well, isn't that interesting? You see, the reality is we read things in this book that aren't easy to deal with. I don't find them easy to deal with. So what we, do, what we tempted to do is we'll receive this message of forgiveness, which is for everyone, but we'll just take a small part of it. And we'll live out that bit in our lives, but the other parts we don't like or disregard. It's the pick and mix of the gospel. Anybody like sports sports mixtures here? Give me a wave if you like sports mixtures. I love sports mixtures. In fact, I really could do with a quarter of sports. Anybody want to just go and treat me to some sports mixtures? That would be lovely. I hope next week we just, you know, be beautiful. My favorite sports mixtures... Okay, hands up. Who likes sports mixtures here? Just raise your hands. Okay, I'm going to do a little cross. If you like red ones, if they're your favorites, raise your hand if you like the red ones. Put your hands up if you like the black ones. Put your hands up if you like the yellow ones. Put your hands up if you like the green ones. Interestingly, it just kept going down and down. Interestingly, my dad's my favorite. My favourite are the, are the yellow and the green. I do like the yellow and the green ones. There's some people who have a sweet and they like the bag of sweets, licorice, or so. Sorry, Phil, I am going to get somewhere. Okay, he's looking like, where's this going? We have licorice or sauce. Anybody like licorice or sauce here? Anybody feeling hungry now? Yeah. Oh. Licorice or sauce, beautiful licorice or sauce. But uh, why is it there's always something that's left in the packet? I like those jelly ones with the, the blue and the pink ones. Anybody? Oh, I love those. And those coconut ones. Does anybody like those? Oh, they're absolutely fantastic. But some of the other stuff I'm not so keen on. So what I'll be tempted to do is I'll take the ones that I like and I'll leave the other ones that I don't like. This is my point. This message of forgiveness is for everyone and it has to be embraced in its totality. Arena Church is committed to not just living out the gospel in the things that we like, but it's living out the gospel in its entirety. So let me give you an example that we've just used. So if somebody does do us wrong, how are we going to respond? Well, I don't like that part, so I'll get them back. No, that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. There are some very, very clear instructions that God gives us and actually encourages that do not let this book of the law or this book, this Bible, depart from you. Every part of it needs to be in you. Meditate on God's word. Not a part of it. Meditate on it in its entirety. That means to say when we're tempted to do a dodgy deal and nobody's looking, we can't do it, guys. Because that's the gospel. When we're tempted to jump into bed, there's no kids here. My wife won't know, my husband won't know. We can't go there, guys, because that's the gospel. Hello? When we're tempted to bring vengeance, and we've got an opportunity 
There's somebody who's really hurt us and nobody would know it. And we can stitch somebody up in the office who've really done us down. Guys, we can't do it. Because that's the gospel. You see, this message is for everyone, which is absolutely fantastic. But this is where people get stuck because they want the gospel to fit their world. We are to fit into the gospel. The gospel is not there to fit into our world. Let me give you an example. There was a man in the Bible who was very rich. This isn't a story. This is a true life. And he came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, you need to look after your mum and dad. You need to, you know, um, give yourself to me. You need to not steal. And he says, I've all that I've done, I've kept the Ten Commandments. He says, one thing you haven't done. You're very rich. Give everything you've got and give it away to the poor. The Bible records that this man left very sad. Now, some people have misinterpreted misinterpreted that to think that Jesus is against richness and rich people is not. What he identified in this man that is God was money. And God was testing this man's heart to say, if you're willing to give that away, then I know you'll come and follow me. There's another illustration in John chapter 6 where there is a group of people, because everyone was following Jesus. Everyone was following Jesus. Everyone. And then Jesus began to talk about some very difficult things that I'm now talking about. And the Bible records that there were many who left him. The everyone, there were many who left him because they didn't like what they were hearing. They wanted the pick and mix of the gospel. And Jesus then turns to his 12 and says, are you going to leave me? The disciples said, where else can we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Listen to me, this gospel... This message of forgiveness is for everyone, but it needs to be received to every part of our lives. In conclusion, this message, just one final slide, this message of forgiveness not only needs to be received, but it also now needs to be shared with everyone. In conclusion, it says this. Jesus recorded before he went back to the Father after his mission and purpose on earth was done. He then said these words, which are famous to many people who have been around church. He says this, go into all the world and make disciples. Basically, what he was saying was this, go everywhere to everyone and share this God-filled message. If I can just challenge those who are being baptized today, to Amy, Anna, and Sam. Do you prefer Sam or Samantha? Sam. Sam, sorry. Sam. This message of forgiveness that you girls have received is for everyone, and it's wonderful. But if I can challenge you to let it live in every part of your lives. And as it's in every part of your lives, then I want to encourage you with one other thing. To take this message of forgiveness and now share it with everyone. As somebody took the time to share it with you, I want to encourage you to go and share it with everyone. Arena Church, you have received this message. It is a call to action. You have received this message of forgiveness. Please do not sit on your hands Enjoying the pick and mix, the licorice all sorts, the sports mixtures of the gospel 
It's now time for us to get off our hands and begin to go to everyone, everywhere, with this God-filled message of forgiveness. May God help us in Jesus' name. I wonder if we'd bow our heads. Thank you. I wonder if we'd bow our heads. They take a moment to pray and then we get.